Guys, welcome to Mine Fields. This is issue 130. We're entering the third year of the, the plug A. Kinda. I was kinda joking, like, thanks to old Putin. Everyone's forgetting about that. <laughs> Everything's being relaxed, like New York, California, it's like it didn't happen. Just get back to work. But we've been working. Always been working. Always working. Keep got, on grinding. We got lucky. Um, we got a lot of great stuff to talk about, guys. Sorry for my voice. I blew it out. I Probably at the All Elite Wrestling uh, pay-per-view. They showed at the uh, local AMC here. My buddy Tom showed up with a replica belt that we rolled about 15 deep. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still I'm still saying, what, what if you know, good old Tom was a uh, limo driver and happened to uh, have picked up that belt that Jericho lost? You know, I thought about that because it was a funny joke, and I was like, no, I heard that pay per view. But then, if it really was Tom, he would have told me, I met Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> It would have whispered it seductively in your ear. Yeah. I know, Jericho. Jericho touched this. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe he was, if he, maybe they'll, it's just one of those jokes that's just for him to know. He's just like, this motherfucker touched this belt. Right. And he doesn't, he doesn't know he that Chris Jericho either. wore this belt. He let, he Only let, I know. He let everyone wear it, man. Like, uh, like, like people came up to us left and right. Like, can I, can I touch it? Can I see it? Uh, yeah. Uh, like, there were a few times a few of us held it up real high during the, during the, uh, there was maybe like, I want to say like 30 people, and it was rowdy enough. Um, but I had the, uh, I had the good fortune. You, you ever, have you shown Morales Jr. like Star Wars yet? Or like something like extremely impactful that completely just changed your world forever when you were a kid. He's watched a couple episodes of like Batman, the animated series, and Spider Man from back in the day. But that's pretty much about it. Like we watched the uh, we watched the debut episode of Spider Man and his amazing friends the other a couple weeks ago with Firestorm and Iceman. Firestorm and Iceman. Oh, that's awesome! And their their secret apartment that changes into a crazy, a crazy <laughs> HQ. That was an amazing show. It was. Oh, it was. It was so bad though. Like it was one of those things that just does not hold up. Like Iceman is just the dumbest jock that you ever thought of. And I was like, oh man, they just they just rag on Iceman half the episode, and he doesn't even realize it. In hindsight, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, that's crazy. I love Firestorm when they did a they did a mini series of her like I want to say like late late aughts, early tens, uh, like a six issue or twelve. But like I, I loved it. It was so much fun reading that. Um, but my point is is that Tom brought his nephew, uh, blonde Superman haircut, even had the little curl. He was like, I'm so excited to watch All Elite Wrestling because all I ever watch is WWE. And we're, we're like, we're about to like completely screw your world up. And um, mm-hmm. he sat next to me and uh, throughout the show, he was constantly asking me questions. Um, 
Tom's like, hey, hey, leave him alone. I'm like, no, let him ask questions. It's not like he was like, hey, what, why is the sky blue? No, he's like, what? What was that move? And I'm like, oh, that's a really, really interesting question. The reason that move is important <laughs> is because of this. But like, <laughs> but no one cared that we were like everyone was talking through the whole thing. And no, real quick for context, how old is this nephew? Oh, he's got to be about eleven. Okay, he's got to be about eleven. Like he, he wanted to be part of the crew. Uh, like, like it, it. But his questions were legitimate. His questions were legitimate. Like. Um, when William Regal showed up and the entire place jumped up three feet in the air, like I looked at him and <laughs> and, and he had this look of like, what am I missing out on? <laughs> like, please tell me immediately. <laughs> I want to get excited too. Nice. And uh, so like there was that extra extra like spice to it. Like this kid's like getting to like see real wrestling. Like the the people he picked were like Darby and Hook. And um, he he didn't give a crap about any of the XWB guys. He, he he cared about like these indie guys that he didn't know that he's supposed to like. And um, mm-hmm. of course, at the end, he wants to be like, "I want to be a wrestler. Someone teach me." And I'm like, uh, "You know, careful what you ask for." You know, <laughs> like, uh, you're like, "I might know a guy." Yeah, <laughs> and he, his gimmick is a Hellraiser gimmick. And you might never want to see him again. <laughs> um, but uh, but um, the, the whole point of this was, uh, fast forward to today, I was listening to a podcast about, um, these guys were going back and forth about uh, talking to people that are into sports and catching, like, the, the phonies. Oh, okay. Catching the phonies, and I was like, ah, you know, you catch the phonies every now and then. Like you and I talk, and like I haven't seen half the stuff you've seen, but I, 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 I can at least hold my own when it comes to wrestling. But when it comes to comic books, like there's, there's been like I don't think maybe once or twice where the other mm-hmm. didn't know what the other was talking about. Like, like we, we never had to worry about that sort of thing. And I wanted to talk about the phony aspect and what I think we should add to the list of what minefields should promote. Okay. Rather than, like, okay, like, you know, you get the, those dudes that test you, like, well, what comics do you read? Or do you have this comic book? Or, I, like, dude, Tom has a giant size X-Men number one. We're going to have to rob him legit. Um, <laughs> but... Um, uh, get in the car and be like, oh my god, it's a reprint. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> He's been messing with you the whole time. That son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, to, promote the, to promote the aspect of, no, I do not know what you are talking about. What, rather than be worried about not being as hardcore as the other comic book nerds, be excited that someone's about to tell you about a graphic novel you can get for five dollars off eBay, and eventually get the the cherry number ones if you really love them. But like, be excited that it's an opportunity to get something good. Like, uh, uh, you and I have never questioned each other, but we started out really well. Mm. Yeah, I remember freaking when we talked initially about comic books. Where you were just like, freaking uh. It's actually really funny in my mind because I was like, you know, you know, oh, you know, you read comics. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, because we're doing the freaking the interview when I freaking when I went down with my heart surgery and all that and freaking 
you know, I was like, oh yeah, I know all these guys. And I was really big on Constantine at the time, and I was like, thinking like, oh yeah, I know, I could, I could school you on Constantine, and like all my knowledge basically was from like the TV show and then the New Fifty Two on, and I'd read a couple of the original. I've got like the first three novels of Hellblazer. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I was like, oh, you know, no big deal. And then you were like telling me all this other stuff, and I was like, oh, okay, this this guy really knows a lot more about the old school vertigo than I do. But it wasn't a competition. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a competition. Um, like I've never turned down anything you've told me to read. You've always been right. And I can always like, it might not always be my favorite, but it's always at least an eight. Yeah. It's always at least an eight. So I, I'm saying we put it into the minefield book of knowledge and rules that no more, like, and not that we do this, but for all you minefielders out there, if someone tells you about a good book, get excited. Don't get pissed that you haven't read it yet. Or, or, or you know, we're, we're all different ages. We're, we're all different demographics. We're, like, how many times did you... We go to, we go to 10 comic book stores a month. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's kind of not, you know, not fair. Every, not everybody's gonna do that. That's kind of that's kind of a, that's kind of borderline obsessive. Yeah, no, it's one hundred percent obsessive. But like at the same time, though, it's not a competition. And so I challenge uh, you, minefielders, to no longer feel uh, inadequate or that you don't have those issues. You haven't read those yet. Just be excited about it. Like, yeah, like there, there's so many there's so many little niche things that happen. Like. Uh, I really want. I only had one issue of Strangers in Paradise when it came out, and I only got that mm-hmm. because someone didn't buy all their pools. But I just love the art, and I just had to have it more. But I didn't get more Strangers in Paradise for like maybe fifteen years later. I found them in a dollar bin, and I knew exactly what they were because I had been lusting for them forever. And I buy them like uh, they were like three dollars each at, at um, Atomic Pop in Norman. I want, oh, okay. say, I want to say this is like 2008. I get home, I open them, they're all signed inside. Nice. They're all signed inside. And uh, nice surprise. Like, you know, I could have strained for all this stuff, but I got it when it, when it, when it mattered. Or uh, when you're on a road trip with your buddy, and like, when was the first Prince of Strife? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you find that that night, that afternoon, in a freaking random comic book shop in uh in Amarillo. Yeah, I know, man. I know. Yeah, that'll happen. But yeah, I know. I mean, you definitely, you know, you never know, man. Because freaking, you know, I was like we've talked before. I'm a huge. I was a huge X Men fan back in the day. Freaking, you know, made it a point now to get all the uh, just completed last oh, week. Actually, we got the entire two hundred run. Of freaking Uncanny X Men, everything from issue, I think I've got everything from issue one ninety nine straight through to like three twenty one. That's wonderful. You know, my goal eventually is to get to uh, everything from issue one fifty to four hundred, and then that is I think I'm only about forty seven issues away from having that completed. Which would be freaking awesome. Do you have plans of rescuing any of those um, um, classic X-Men? Remember the reprints of the reprints? Uh, no, not so much. Like Those are cool, but like, 
Yeah, you know, I want the I want the originals. I like the freaking like the thought process. I'd love to get you know, um, I'd love to get all the issues with the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah. Right now, right now I've got two in hand. I've got two coming in the mail, and I think I'm only about. I think I've got six issues left till I've got the complete set. So we'll see if I'm able to able to pull that off. Oh, that's gnarly, man. I'm I'm super happy for you, man. Like it's it's always like such a victory when we find that like that you, like I I held those ultra comic books the entire time from Amarillo to to love it. Mm-hmm. Like 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 you I mentioned it once and you're just like all right, he's happy and like <laughs> yeah like and then the same thing for you, man. I love watching you get those victories. By the way, speaking of victories, go ahead and gloat. Oh yeah, I, I almost forgot. <laughs> oh, no, in, in our in only our second official all elite minefields prediction battle. Your beloved hero, trademarked, um, Tony Morales has yet again pulled off a dominant. I believe this one was. Seven to six or eight to six. I can't remember the exact one, but for again, I was able to pull off the win. So now I am due Mr. Miracle number two. Andrew. And as you were so nicely to point out, I will now be getting Mr. Miracle number three as well. The, the bet was from so, 50. You said the Bazinga. It's a solid Bazinga, man. I'll give you, I'll give you three, four, five Bazingas because uh, we we're sitting in the theater and uh first match ends and I'm like fuck <laughs> like, and, and then Y2J Kishoko my hero loses and uh, Tom and Cody are like why are you so pissed off I'm like you don't understand I'm, I'm already like Oh, for three. Two down. Yeah. If, if, if I if I am anything less than four or five I gotta open my brandy and, and Tom was like you got the first one, right? And I was like, yeah, not the 1A. And he's like, oh, dude, that sucks. Why did you make that bet? <laughs> Why did you make that bet? And I'm like, we were drinking. <laughs> and, uh, we were. Yeah. We, rather heavily. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, luckily, after uh, my fifth W... As long as I didn't give a shit about the fifty dollars, man. All I cared about was that brandy. <laughs> like, I got you. Yeah, and like, okay, your brandy's safe. Your brandy's safe. Like, oh, thank God, I can I can relax and enjoy this damn pay per view now, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I was freaking. Cause I remember. Cause I remember. I definitely, I definitely topped five before you did. Oh yeah. Because I, I got because a freaking you know my boy Kingston delivered. That was amazing. Freaking it was. Because uh, I think because I think I think you evened it up at one point even because I think the uh, the triple threat I think you evened it up. I, I, I you, thought, yeah, I thought it was all bad omens. Statlander lost, uh, Jericho lost. I was like, after that, I was like, this is gonna be an O for like like this is gonna be like a two or two for like fourteen on this one, man. Like, like <laughs> see the the latter match, I, I was surprised you went Wardlow because I was like. I was like, this guy's gonna freaking pick freaking somebody. He's gonna be like, Orange Cassidy's gonna win, and I'm gonna be like, oh, this no. dumb son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Wardlow, Wardlow needed that W, and that was awesome. Yeah, 
if like I said, if Keith Lee would have pulled it off, I wouldn't have been surprised if he, if Keith Lee would have won. I'd have been like, man, I probably picked the wrong guy. But I would have been like, it was, it was a two horse race in my mind. So it was interesting. It was I was glad to see Wardlow won, obviously, and then Punk and freaking. Punk and, Punk and MJF, I was a little concerned about. That was one of my big ones where I was like, oh, can he really see it go either way? Yeah, 100%. And the same with uh, same with Danielson versus Moxley. And I was like, I was like, good. I was like, I was like at least we both picked the same guy on that one. Yeah, yeah, 100%. We picked, we picked the wrong guy. We did pick the we wrong picked, guy. We picked the, we picked the same guy, so at least I didn't, you know. You didn't feel like a punk. You, you'd pick that one. I, again, like you could see either way doing making it work. Uh, every, everything was like I, I can't remember the last time I enjoyed a pay per view like that, man. Like, um, like setting wise, like the fact that like the 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 things I thought made sense to win, even though that didn't happen. It when it did, the opposite happened. It still made sense, and I was still satisfied and enjoyed enjoyed the pay per view. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go on. I I I think the women's match under delivered. I think freaking Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. It was too much interference. Oh, way too much interference. That that should have yeah, been. Yeah, it just it should have been. They 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 should have interfered once. Referee sent them to the back. Freaking. Oh, hundred percent. Even 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 then, if Britt would have pulled it off, which I still freaking I still think was the wrong decision. I think freaking you you've set up for. There's no one else that can beat her. It's got to be Rosa, and freaking the fact that they're gonna do it. You know, spoilers for those who didn't watch Dynamite yet. Freaking the fact they're gonna do it again next week. I'm not. I'm not gonna tell you the stipulation they're throwing on there because that's that's not fair. Yeah. But the fact that they're doing it again next week in Thunder Rosa's hometown. It's like if they put the if they decide to put the belt on Rosa. It's it's. Too little, too late, in my opinion. I think that rose has bloomed. Are you are you concerned about the old school WW thing about when you're in your hometown you have to lose? No, I think that's I think that's dumb and archaic. But I think the I think they should have freaking put the belt on Rose at the pay per view and then had her first defense be in her hometown. That would have been wonderful. I, I think that would have made the you know because then you get that revelation you know from San Antonio, Texas, you're reigning and defending AEW Women's World Champion, and then she comes out with the belt. Yeah, freaking that—that's your money right there. Maybe. People, people want the hometown girl do good. Yeah, but maybe they were in, maybe they were just worried about all the Mexicans going crazy and starting a riot because that could have happened. <laughs> yeah, but even then, freaking. You know, sometimes it's sometimes it right. It's good. Sometimes the right is good. No, I, I, I agree. Like, you know. in, in hindsight, yeah, I had the money on, on, on the wrong person, but uh, I was The funny thing is you voted for you voted for Brit. You got the point for that one. I, I, I think that, that might have been what saved your butt, saved I, your brandy. I did, but even then, during the match, like, I thought it was absolutely going to be Thunder Rosa. It should have been Thunder Rosa. Should have been, yeah. It should have been like like the the work she put into that, and then mm-hmm. like the the too many gimmicks. It should have been, and 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 I'm glad you rang my bell a second ago. Um, it should have been like remember during the chicken shit um, uh, run of Seth Rollins where he would like 
try to wuss out, and J&J would come out, interfere, and then some ballsy ref would be like, no, you assholes, out now. Yeah. You, you two actually fight. <laughs> like, everyone like associated with the other guy, out now. And um, that would have been wonderful. I mean, like Seth always pulled it off for a while, but... Um, yeah. That that little stipulation. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing. You can't. You do it too much. Your referees. You, you you're not getting heat. You're just making your referees look stupid. Oh, but and they and the referees above all else need to be the most respected people because they're the ones that keep the realism. Uh, you know, and that's 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 where things go south. Is that's where people stop caring? Is when you insult their intelligence, and I think, you know, I think they did. I think they pushed, they, they insulted the referee too much. They made the referee look like too much of a punk. And the match suffered because of it. Because when she won, there was no booze. There was no nothing. It was like, okay, the match is over. Cool. Next. Cool. Next. Yeah. Next. Like, you know? Who are they and I, and I And I am sorry. Freaking. It was a good show. But there is no way in hell freaking MJF versus CM Punk should have been anything other than the main event. It was the match with the best build. The entire the entire entrance was phenomenal, and then the match lived up to the hype. Yeah, I think that should I think that should have ended the show. That was a gnarly ass match, man. Uh, yeah, uh, especially when freaking the um, like I said, you know, you had the the entire entrance, which was the only entrance that was like an oh my god, this is great entrance. And then you ended it with, you know, the storyline advancement of Wardlow. Yeah. And freaking, it mattered. Like, you know, Adam, and I'm sorry, Adam Cole got the same thing that freaking Brett Baker did with the over overuse of the interference. I really hate interference, man. Like, it's the only time I am okay with an interference if it's like a hurricane match or something like that, where I'm just, I want some ha-ha. Yeah, like it's it, it's it's a valuable tool, but it's got to be used sparingly to be effective. No, that's like if you overdo it, like I said, all you do is make the referee look like a jackass, and referee looks like a jackass. If the referee looks ineffective, then why do I care? What did you think about Aubrey getting shoved around? And she fought back. I mean, like she yeah, stood, she, she stood her ground, but it wasn't anything too like Earl Hebner ish, like full interference. Yeah. Like it was, it was a full on like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna fuck you up. But like again, that stuff's got to be used sparingly, and it's got to be used Smartly. to get a story point across. Did it? Did it really make the story any better? Like the time, the times Triple H would do it with Earl Hebner, Earl Hebner would push him back, and he'd fall on his butt. Blah blah blah. You remember those times? Oh yeah. Are you gonna remember that? Are you gonna remember that six months from now? Probably no. not. No. And that's that's the thing. You you gotta. WWE is really good at making moments, and like AEW is really good at doing that when they want to. <coughs> Like there, there are certain specific moments that are just in like Moxley coming out the first time, Whoa, Sting that, debuting, Hangman winning the belt, you know, freaking like AEW is such a mixed bag when it comes to that. That like sometimes it's amazing 
and sometimes it's they 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 shine over moments that should be legendary. Like I'm sorry, the def like the the um when they broke up at CU should have been a moment. Like I've kind of, you, I kind of learned a little bit more recently about it was it was because of Chris Daniels' eye injury yeah. that they rushed it. But like it, there still should have been more done with it and more done to follow it up. Right. Like it's just the fact that they just killed off this beloved tag team and it was just done. And then all of a sudden Frankie Kazarian got this revamped not too great gimmick of the freaking bullet club hunter that didn't go anywhere. No, that never went anywhere. Even like anyone time, anyone targeted bullet club during ring of honor, new Japan reign. Yeah. Yeah. It it was, it was a waste of a, it was a waste of a freaking very good veteran wrestler that freaking can still do, you know, do stuff for your company. And that's, that's one of those things that was just like, you know, for all the times that they've done some great stuff, they've also they've also missed other stuff that should have been huge. I'm you still, know, and some of it sometimes it's their fault, sometimes it's not. But you know, they could really, you know, for all the all the hype about Tony Khan being this amazing Booker, like he's had some pretty huge misses. That just haven't that just haven't been the develop the development they should have been, you know. Freaking that's you know, that's going to happen to any book. Cage. Um. Yeah. Well, not even that. Like freaking. Um, you know, Darby. Darby's still cool, but Darby's not the star he should be. Like if you if you told me legitimately if you didn't build it up for like a couple months building towards Sting and Darby getting a world tag team title shot main eventing of even a dynamite that's a, that's a freaking that's that's freaking an easy layup you yeah. build it you freaking give him some solid wins you build him up you let him have you whether you put the belts on him or not you still give him a hell of a match against a you know some awesome tag team champions you know if the tag team champions are baby faces they freaking shake hands at the end whether they win or lose correct and if they're heels maybe they do more with it but freaking you're gonna tell me a year later they haven't gotten a tag title shot at all that's a that's a way then why'd you put them together yeah that winner's coming that win- it's, it's an easy freaking layup the winner's coming thing all they did was put them up on like the upper 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 rafters and just looked at them and like i got goosebumps and you're completely right yeah. bro that hasn't happened yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they, like I said, there's freaking, you know, a lot of it's freaking the fact that they're hiring so much talent, which, you know, obviously after last week's announcement of Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor makes a world more sense because obviously that's been something in the works for months. So, you know, Khan, you know, as we've talked about in private, you know, sometimes people have, you know, a lot more that you don't know about them in their back pocket, then maybe you should freaking appreciate right. the talent you use. Now, before we get you into know? that, before we get into that, I still have one big gripe about SCP is that there should be a ringside collectibles, uh, three piece set of SCP with a special edition t-shirt inside. Okay. That this is the worst 
action figure set I've ever seen. <laughs> like, like, you mean like, SCU? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I was like, you SCP, want a Rick Elsey action figure? SCP's cool. I, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, it, like, this is all building towards you wanting a Rick Elsey action figure. I would, love, I would love a Rick Elsey action figure. If Todd McFarlane did a Rick Elsey action figure, it'd be like the mega <laughs> figure that's 50 bucks. It would come with like a barrel, three extra shirts, like uh, an extra head where his hair's all messed up because he's been pulling it all fucking night. <laughs> and um, extra hands to hold the hair that's holding up. But you know, the... Uh, uh, Movable glasses. <laughs> yep. I can't wait to tell them about this idea. <laughs> and and uh, but like you know, I, I wanted that three set. I wanted Kazarian. I wanted. I wanted them all. Like you know, like maybe just two of them on the belt, but like a shirt because like that was one of the best parts about them was how cool their shirts were. Like how they got over on like one slogan, mm-hmm. and then people were like. We don't like these guys. Wait a minute. Their slogan's awesome. Wait a minute. Their wrestling is We actually like these guys a lot. These guys are superior. <laughs> we should... We yeah. should... Like, they were one of the main reasons to watch Being the Elite. <laughs> like... And, uh, The other thing is, um... It's SCU, not SCP. It's SCU. <laughs> Sorry. I've got a lot of acronyms in my head. I... It's got to be a, it's gotta be a Rick Elsey action figure. I don't know who the other two would be. We got to, okay, we got to get, like, hey, next couple times we go on the hunt, we're going to a couple thrift stores and finding a fat Fair guy hard. action figure. <laughs> it's going to look like the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Well, I haven't joined him with him. I've never seen Rick be, like, worst match ever. <laughs> I've heard him say that quite a bit, actually. <laughs> I'm too busy taking photos. <laughs> By the way, who's driving? Is it my turn? I'm tra- we already know who's driving. I'm driving. All right, cool. Jesus Christ. I'm driving. I can drive just fine. Am I a scary driver? No, I just freaking I prefer to drive. All right, that's fine. It's just, it's just the way it is. Hey, by the way, did you see the Whataburger that they set up over on AirQuest? No. It doesn't even have the high roof. It looks like a Taco Bell converted into a Whataburger. It probably is a Taco Bell converted into a Whataburger. It didn't have the high metal roof, man. It pissed me off. I was like, I can't go to that Whataburger. I've never been to a Whataburger with, with a flat-ass looking modern, probably a touch screen at the a drive-thru. This is, where, this is where you draw the line? Yeah. No, I want to wait for 45 minutes. I want that. Like fake-ass Whataburger? Yeah, it's a fake-ass Whataburger. That's exactly my point. Like a fake-ass In-N-Out over there on Powers? No, that place is garbage, man. I don't know. It's got a lot. It's got a line a mile long the entire time. Not anymore. Not. I think anymore. I'm not gonna freaking drink. I'm not gonna eat there. But somebody's buying that freaking drinking that Kool Aid. There's an Anthony's Pizza, not, not 200 yards away. Five dollars for a slice of pizza as long as your arm and a pop. It's not bad. I hit that place up every payday. Not that I can't afford a $5 slice, but it's just like my, my little... My you just little, like it. I yeah, just like, yeah, I treat myself. I, I eat I eat healthy. Um, I don't drink healthy. That's for goddamn sure. Um, 
but I, uh, all the other stuff. But um, all right, so one to ten, what do you give the pay per view? Uh, I'm going to give it an eight, and I'm going to give it seven of those eight based purely on William Regal. I'm glad you said that. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten as well because uh, every time I go to a pay to go to a pay per view, I realize I'm sitting there to watch a television when I could be at home drinking my own brew uh, with my buddies, watching my own big ass TV, but like this was a giant. Like theater screen, the crowd was legit. Um, no one did they, did, they, did they offer? Food? It was like a was it one of those ones that you can get actual food, or was it just actual a food. freaking movie theater where it freaking a- okay actual food? Like like they, did, you, did you get the food? Yes, I did. I got a couple of uh, I got three uh, pizza pizzas, some personal pans. I was hungry. I was, was, it, was it good? Was, it was how was the experience as opposed to watching a pay per view at home with their own brew? It was delicious because we all snuck in. We all got high in the parking lot, and um, we all snuck in a couple little shot skis, and uh, we shared. Uh, we all shared pizza. We all shared popcorn. Um, it was all a group effort. Everyone like I didn't know half the people. It was mostly Tom's crew. Uh, my good buddy Cody was there. Uh, like he he snuck in his snacks too. It was all a group effort. Everyone had a great time. We could see everything perfectly clear. It wasn't like what did that guy say? They had the sound crank just loud enough. The only thing I I, I had the like I was gonna spend the thirty bucks on the pay per view, but it was thirty dollars mm-hmm. each. It was gotcha. it was thirty dollars each, but it was still worth it. I hope they made their money and they do it again because, like, I, I want to do that again. Like that was nice. It, it, it was having getting watched that big that loud. And uh, was it was it here or in Denver? It was here actually. It was over at the uh, I think it's a Tinsel Town over by that uh, old Howard Johnson. No, no, it was it was God. It was it's by the um, it's by this old hotel. Um, God, it's it's on the south south uh, west side. Um, the south southwest side. Yeah, it's like if you go any further down, you're gonna get to the Broadmoor. Oh, okay. It, it was at that one, and uh, we spent money on a bunch of arcade games. We all like put ten bucks into the machine and got a bunch of played Aliens and Terminator, Terminator and. It was just a joyous day, dude. Everyone was there. We nice. We, we wore our fanciest AEW shirts and uh, William Regal. Uh, none of our wild cards came true. I thought for certain Brandy and Cody were going to come out and say we're going to we're going to run Ring of Honor. But who better to run Ring of Honor but William Regal? Yeah, no, definitely. It'll, it'll be interesting to see where they uh, where they go. With William Regal just freaking. It's uh, he cuts a hell of a promo on Dynamite tonight. I'll give you, I'll tell you that much. So it's definitely, definitely worth a watch, and he gets a little emotional, which is interesting. How far does he go? Like that, like where they like abused him, like when he was an alcoholic and made him do shitty gimmicks and. Ripping. No, no, it's got nothing. To, it's got nothing to do with wrestling. Like it's got some stuff to do with wrestling, I guess. Obviously, as a wrestling program. 
But like it's just kind of like his personal stuff, you know. He gets kind of he gets a little teary eyed, which is oh, it's interesting. They felt like I said, I'm, I'm gonna. I feel like rewatching the. I, I missed a good portion of the of the show. Pardon me. Freaking uh, had some business business to take care of that popped up at the end of the uh, before the uh, show started. I had to deal with. So um, freaking, but yeah, I made it made it in home in time to watch uh, a good portion of the middle of the show. And freaking, um, yeah, William Regal gets emotional. It's got a, it's very interesting to see to see that that side of the man. You know, freaking. Did they? Did they? Fuck you, him? you could tell it was definitely a little bit real. I mean, uh, it's uh, Shivani doing an interview, and oh, you could tell it's like a, a legitimate. Oh yeah, he interviewed. Interviewed Regal and like Regal, like I said, Regal's just like, you know, hey, I haven't seen you in 29 years or 20 years. And Shivani, and he's like, it's, it's nice to, he's, and he opens it up, but I never thought me and you would share this ring again. So I'm really happy that, you know, to be proven wrong on that. So is it a thinly veiled, they fuck me at WWE? No, not at all. That's the that's the thing, dude. It's freaking it doesn't it doesn't need to be. Wonderful. Freaking, you know, Regal's lived a life and he's lived a life all over the world and he's lived a life besides WWE. That makes me happy, man. That makes me very yeah. happy. That that means it's a great porno. We got the the just the the tinge of real life and but he's got the emotion going. That's awesome. How was the crowd reacting? Oh, crowd was into it, man. Freaking, uh, I don't know for the whole show, obviously, they didn't get a chance to. I'll probably end up rewatching it tomorrow at some point. Yeah, I'll watch it during breakfast tomorrow. I like, but yeah, freaking. I, I love, like, it's like my new ritual is, like, I, uh, scramble up some eggs and some ham and some toast and some coffee, and I, and, uh, I wake up early and I watch Dynamite. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the thing, man. It's freaking. It's always interesting with wrestling to see, uh, you know, that's always the goal is to get that emotional response from people, and freaking, you want that, you want that connection that you know, in and of itself, is what's gonna make money, and freaking, when you can connect with people on that kind of level, it's freaking, you know, it's real, and. If you can get people, if you can get people to care, then that's you know that's what you want. That's always the goal. I'm glad you brought that up. Cody sent me a video today. He usually sends me videos of Danhausen because he's this huge Danhausen mark. Um, okay. But it was let me find it. It was a video of. Give it a second to load. Justin Robert Young analyzes Mr. Ass Billy Gunn's WWE theme song. He he's at a college university talking about wrestling, and he's like, okay, so when you write a book, you're writing a story that people are either gonna read and 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 see that they might be interested from the dust cover or the description on the back, or someone recommends it to you. Professional wrestling is the complete opposite of that. Okay. It is 
you present something like so when he he brought up the analogy of how when a professional baseballer goes out and he's playing Godsmack, that's just his favorite song, you know. Okay, great. All right, that you know it hypes him up. I'm gonna hit a home run. This guy likes Godsmack. I like Godsmack. Cool. We both like Godsmack. No, not, not even like that. It's more of a like I like Godsmack, and Godsmack hypes me up to hit home runs. With, okay. With professional wrestling, you are your theme song. And nine times out of ten, you don't get to pick your theme song. It's given to you, and you and and he okay. he pulls up the the Mister Ass Billy Gunn theme song. And he's like, mm-hmm. is, he, is he gay? Is he straight? Uh, does his butt sense stuff behind him? We don't know. None of these lyrics matter. What does matter is the immediate reaction of the crowd. Like, if you write a book, either sells or it doesn't. You're going to find out in a week or two. Okay. You're a professional wrestler. You're going to find out immediately. You're going to find out immediately, and not only that, but he described it as the art of giving the crowd what they think they want with a nice balance of what they don't realize that they want, which I thought hmm. was beautiful because there's so many times when uh, you, you read on the rag sheets like, oh, if only Kane did this and this, oh, it would write itself. Everyone would be happy, but then every now and then, they would let it write itself, and everyone would be like, "Boo, no, <laughs> this sucks." Yeah. Like, even though all the rag sheets, everyone was like, "We want this to happen," but then it did happen, and it immediately pissed everybody off. It's a delicate balance of immediate response, violence, and uh, treating the crowd smartly and uh, with a mother's hand. I, mean, he, he threw, I, can, I can definitely agree with that. He threw some jokes in there because he was talking to like half the people in the college crowd he was talking to were like, what the hell are you talking about? But the way he broke it down, like in, in when he would lose them, he'd bring it back to the Billy Gunn song. Like he just keep mm-hmm. going with the, with the, the lyrics. Like he's and he's like, Billy Gunn hit the glass ceiling. He was never a champion. But he, yeah. did, he did what he had to do, and he's one of my favorite wrestlers. But how could I say that a guy that isn't a champion is one of my favorite wrestlers? Because he just gave me that much fun. They, con- yeah. they concentrated on satisfying the crowd yeah. immediately. And... Granted, it was like it wasn't a lot of ha ha. Like he even was talking about like how he knew like he talked to Jim Johnson about writing this fucking song, man. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> none of the lyrics made sense, and um, it, it's it's a uh, it, it made me love our medium so much more. Yeah, but that's that's true. But a lot like let me let me like, there's two parts I really want to hit. Please, first please, off, please. There's the the instant gratification part, right? Yes and no, because you're always going to get you're going to get a certain amount of pop from who you are and what you've done previously. Like, freaking, but one of the biggest like Bobby Roode's theme song in NXT, the glorious theme. Oh yeah, 
wasn't that big of a deal at first. It didn't. And did you ever watch the um, video? The glorious right? bombs. When they no, were. the glory, the glorious bombs that Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano would do on the bus. Yeah, they were. Just, they were just. They would just play his theme song, and then he would just. He would just stop doing whatever he was do- doing. Look over at them, and nod. And they would do it like five or six. They did like five or six of them, just different videos. The right? compilation was it, great. Yeah, they were on the bus, or they were at the gym. Um, they were at catering. They were. I think the big one was um, they woke him up, and Johnny Gargano was terrified. And like they waited an extra couple of seconds, and then he nodded, and then Gargano <laughs> was like relieved. Like it wasn't until those came out that the song really took off. Glorious. And like that's when people really got into it because it wasn't like I remember not being that into the song personally, but like the more and more you got in, like it was one of those things that you had to kind of beat you over the head a few times before you realize, okay, this actually is pretty effing good. Yeah, you know, and you can definitely cause you can definitely tell what like like the Keith Lee controversy when he you know he had that amazing song in NXT. Bask in his glory, and then freaking you know he went to Raw, and they just started kill, little by little killing off everything about Keith Lee that made him unique yeah. and made him cool, and freaking in that that was how they that was how they started it was by they they freaking took his music away, then they put him in a tank t- put him in a freaking singlet. And then they they didn't have him do all his cool moves. They took his shirt and away. they just broke him. Yeah, they broke him down to the point where he was just another guy on the roster. And then they took they even took away his name, making him Bearcat Lee. And that that was a piece of the puzzle. They just week by week would just dest- used to destroy him. And that sucked because that's you know I think we've had this conversation. I can't remember if we had this conversation on air or off. We, but I talked about the last time, Lee, but not this far. No, not even that. Not even Keith Lee. Ty Dillinger was my guy. Really? That was the last time WWE got me invested in somebody. That's what killed my joy. I was there the night he debuted on SmackDown. Nice. Like I remember, I remember the freaking because it was a night after WrestleMania 33, I believe. 32 or 30, 32 or 33, whatever the last one in Florida was. It was 33 because of Florida. But I was at that SmackDown. And freaking, you know, everybody, you know, they did the whole thing at the Rumble where he came out 10. You know, it was number 10. And it was like 10, 10, 10. Had to be Ty Dillinger. It was Ty Dillinger. Legitimately the best part of that Rumble because freaking Randy Orton won it and nobody cared. And freaking, then next thing you know, two months later, he debuts on SmackDown. He went, they take away his finisher. The only thing he was able to keep was his music. And freaking, they just devolved him until he was basically a freaking lower mid-card job guy. Freaking, and that's, you know, and that's a huge part of it, man. It's freaking, you know, like I said, with Ty Dillinger, it wasn't the music. But freaking just the way they use these guys. You know, on the main roster, it's like you're over here building the future of your industry, but you're not really building anybody. 
bullshit gimmick stuff. And they, I remember being yeah. at New Orleans at Mania, and uh, so stoked. Just such a good day. Um, and then the Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles match happened. And mm-hmm. me and my girlfriend at the time, we, we just couldn't wait to see the rematch because we, we, her and I had gotten passionate with that uh, New Japan Pro uh, match a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. we loved that match. Like, and, uh, and then it turned into a fucking dick punch match. And yeah. I remember, and I was like, all right, I got to take a piss. And she's like, yeah, I do too. We got up. We're we're walking to the to the John, and we we we're walking past. The, you see the openings, just more more low blows, and I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, how yeah. dare they do that? Like, like it made no sense to me. It, it like like you, everyone saw everyone in the know saw Shinsuke Nakamura hitting AJ Styles full Bullet Club leader. With his shins like freaking baseball bats, and hearing yeah. that crack, and and then all they're giving us is is a, a cock punch match, and like n- none of this matters. Like let's just and then we got back to our seats and we were so we were like we we took our time. We got popcorn. We bought a twenty dollar beer each, and we sat down. And uh, by the time it was the main event, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, it was like five minutes into it, not even. And I looked over at her and I was like, "Let's get the fuck out of here." And uh, yeah, and uh, Colin and our, our friends that were with us were like, "Yeah, let's get the hell out of here." And um, we were outside in two minutes. We had an Uber and two, and uh, our friends that were still left there didn't make it back. That left like. 20 minutes later when the match actually match ended didn't make it back to the hostel for like three hours and we were I wouldn't doubt it, yeah. we already had New Japan Pro on TV because uh, uh, one of us brought our Roku and we were like let's just watch some good wrestling and like really you know tear it up because we're in New Orleans why not um, yeah Sorry, I didn't mean to go on such a long of a story. I didn't realize. Oh no, that. you're you're good. I started going off on it myself. I was the one that initiated said rant. <laughs> no, but just... yeah, and I mean that's that's the thing though too. It's like you freaking you turn around and freaking like you know go back to the music. You know, music is such a huge part of pro wrestling, man. You got to find that. Yeah, I've talked about it again off screen. It's freaking. You know, I, I I'm not the hugest Lincoln Park fan, but freaking you know for more than a decade I kind of utilized Faint by Linkin Park as my theme just because it it resonated with me as a person you know right and freaking you know that's when you find something like that that you you feel like I legit since I really kind of stepped away from wrestling as like a full time performer you know from a guy that would work you know two to three times a weekend you know which is you know full time for me I guess <laughs> you know freaking um, nice. you know I haven't I've, I've legitimately heard it once I I don't bring myself to watch it to listen to it I don't have it on my freaking I don't have it on my playlist when I work out you know just freaking it's it's my theme you know and that's you know it's a funnily enough like that music is a deeply personal thing no I get it man I get it. 
like there's some like songs that were my are still still my favorite songs in the world. I I'm not gonna listen to again. Yeah, you know, there's there's I mean, music's such a big thing. It's such a you know, you hear certain music, you think of certain people, you know, you think of people in your real life, you think of, you know, the ex-girlfriend, you think of, you know, your wife, your, you know, a former friend, maybe, you know, you freaking hung out drinking one night, song came on, you're all over here freaking thinking, you know, singing freaking Friends in Low Places, for example. Yeah, you know, because yeah, that's a classic, a classic yeah, home, yeah. Home, boys at the bar song. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, or freaking if you're a huge, if you're a karaoke dude, and freaking we all, to anybody who's done karaoke, you've got your songs. Yeah. Your freaking your friends that are with you have their songs. Like freaking, I used to freaking karaoke with this dude named Daniel. Freaking, probably fifteen, twenty years ago, I could still tell you the songs he would sing. Freaking uh, our mutual friend Jason Knoll, his uh, his cousin Tony. Uh, I used to hang out with before I knew Jason Knoll. We used to always do karaoke together. Like I didn't realize till a year till actually his Jason Knoll's wedding, who that they were related. Damn! But I could tell. But that that guy, freaking huge guy, sung the most beautiful version of freaking Christina Aguilera. Uh, funny enough, beautiful that I'd ever heard. That's awesome. Freaking just a, amazing. That's awesome. You know, freaking. Like I said, music just had, especially you know, you talk about being a freaking a DJ. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain you know, freaking. That's you know, music is such a huge, heavy part of people's lives. Getting that music right for somebody, or getting it wrong for somebody. And we've talked about certain wrestlers that change their their theme songs all the time. By the way, I figured out a theme they, song. Their songs are guys. horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, freaking that, you know. And it, you know, you got to find that right music for you. You got to find that song that just resonates with you, resonates with the fans. You know, that it just makes you give a damn. You know, some, Dude, sometimes you got to, you know, sometimes you're freaking hoping for a Cotton Eye Joe and freaking you get some freaking Pet Shop Boys. Dude, it's so funny you say that because I was just about to say that. Um, I was DJing a set at Light, which L-I-T with the lineup over the eye. Everyone always call it lit. No one in Oklahoma knows that the line over the, the letter means you say it hard. Um, it was called Light. And it was a it, it was a odd little stretch of club, and uh, it was like a Wednesday night, and I I was DJing like three four nights a, a week, man, and it was like a there was maybe like fifty people there. Everyone was there smoking hookah. Everyone was chilling out. There was a couple of people actually slow dancing, but I was playing like some like trip hop stuff, some like. Uh, like like really weird experimental stuff that like like I felt a lot of love in the air that night. There was something about that night, and uh, oh, okay. I put on uh, I, a song off of Garbage's uh, version 2.0. You look so fine, and uh, the song ended. And I was playing another song, and uh, I had this really high stage with two couches, and no one was allowed on it unless I told the the my bouncer Jazz rest in peace. Uh, that they could come on my stage, and uh, someone taps me on the shoulder. It's not, it's not someone I know. It's just 
this dude, and I, I, I saw him there earlier with his with his wife. He had a gorgeous. He was this literally really pretty white guy with a really pretty Asian girl, and they were just like making goo goo eyes at each other. And he he hands me a hundred dollars, and I'm like, "What's this for?" And he's like, "Never in my life did I think this would happen." And I was like, "What?" Like, 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 I'm just like, okay, like, like I wasn't offended. I was like, you know, you handed me a hundred dollars. Like, this is weird to me. I'm, 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 I've got pink hair. I'm very queer looking. Like you, you don't look like someone that would approach someone like me. And he's okay. like, you just played a, you look so fine by garbage. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's the song I proposed to my wife to. And tonight's our anniversary. And you just <laughs> randomly played that. We have never heard that song in the wild. And I was like, I was just trying to play some good love songs, man. And he's like, no, thank you. You hand me her bucks. Nice. Talk about the power of music, man. Like, I'm not just talking about the hundred bucks. Like, he could have given me a dollar. The fact mm-hmm. that, like, I played the song that was that he specifically played to say, I love you, spend your life with me. Yeah. On their anniversary, like I know we're getting a little like kind of crazy on the music thing here, but it, it matters. Yeah, it, it it matters, and and uh, I'll never forget that, man. I'll I'll never forget that. Just it was just like it's one of my favorite love songs, and you know, like you know, I hit a home run for a gentleman and his his uh, his wife while they were enjoying like some good cocktails in a hookah and a really fancy place with art and the tubes make it look all Manhattan-y. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just one of those things, man. But we, we got some good comments to talk about. Let's take a quick break. Because I'm about to piss my pants. <laughs> That's awkward. Going from romantic love songs to I gotta pee. Well, I, I can bring some piss jars in here, but, I, like, they'll probably pile up. My roommate's not going to like that. <laughs> as long as you rent them out when you're done, I suppose it'd be fine, but what the hell? You do you. Get one of those trucker things. Just an old Gatorade bottle. <laughs> All right, hold tight. We're still on the jazz. Back on the show. We're recording. We came back from a little break. We were talking about some serious wrestling, some serious education for you wrestling fans out there, because where are you going to find a show with two comic book experts and two wrestling experts. Gotta say, Tony Waymore, expert when it comes to the wrestling. But you got your Joshua Michael here to just question stuff. But we gotta talk about some comics. And I say we absolutely do. Joker number 13, because you've been hounding a bit, hounding me for a couple of days. I can't believe I haven't read it yet. I can't believe I haven't read it. I read it. <laughs> I got it. It's under my belt. I got it. We got it from Ed's. God bless Mr. Ed. Always hooking it up. Oh, shit. We got to call him Mr. Ed. I'm not calling him Mr. Ed. No, we're just going to call him Ed. We just got to figure out how to get a better hookup. Come to Ed's Comic Books by the old abandoned Kmart here in Colorado Springs. Mention Minefields. Get $0 off your bill, but he's going to be like, you're cool that you know Joshua, Michael, and Tony. He doesn't call us that. He calls us Mister and Mister and our secret last names. Yeah, yeah. Like I actually really dig that he calls me that. Like it's it's like it's kind of an old school thing. I dig it. Uh, I'm down. 
But yeah, nah, Joker number nine. We open up with the uh, the Samson family. All Joker number thirteen. Thirteen. I didn't freaking don't know what issue we're on anymore. I'm about to go freaking pull at issue number nine now. <laughs> but uh, issue thirteen, we're gonna turn around and freaking we're at a uh, Samson family dinner. But we look at the dinner, and we've got uh, the hors d'oeuvres or eyeballs. We've got some legitimate tongue sandwiches for all you Dan Housen fans out there. We've got some teeth and some soup. And we've got people literally ripping the nose off of human faces and devouring it. Finger fixings. So we literally have finger foods. I don't know if it's quite my... uh, my personal cup of tea, but you know, shit, man. I'd be Lord knows what. Some... Lord knows what they put in their tea. I, I want some sweet tea. I want some beanie weenies. I want some. Right. Are you sure you want some beanie weenies at the Samson's house, though? Not at their house. Maybe. I'm just saying that. Oh, they are in Texas, dude. Texans make good beans. <laughs> you know this. There's the reasons I left Texas. Reasons I will never go back. Okay, we're never eating, we, we will never eat beans in Texas. Copy. Ah, but we got the uh, the Samson, uh, you know, gentleman in charge of the Samson clan, as it were, talking about how uh, their wealth and connections have brought them many incredible things, but they are uh, they're you know. After everything that's happened, how their his brother Billy the Brute had to spend his life in Arkham so that way the family could flourish, just for some clown to tear it down for kicks. You know, they're you know, they're talking about how they're not going to play ball anymore, and tonight there's going to be clown on the menu, and we go outside and a an apparently nude Joker is sitting there in a cage. While an older gentleman is uh, making burgers on the grill, and Joker, you know, Joker being Joker is talking about how you know if you, you know, he just hopes that the gentleman in question knows how to properly season clown meat. Man, I'm I'm focusing on this grill. I see like the full onion slices. I'm thinking he's doing it right. <laughs> We get the charcoal. We he's 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 doing it just right. But like naked Joker, like it, like he, you've got a chemically poisoned. I mean, I, you're gonna eat chemicals. That's what they want is chemicals. He's making. They're making burgers out of human flesh, and you're over here just critiquing their their proper use of onions. Yeah, but then also don't forget, Joker is full of chemicals. And, and but like at the same time, though. Does it not piss you off taking a bite out of a good burger and all the onions slide out because they weren't properly cooked and placed well in the burger? I don't. I don't like onions in my burger. Well, I sure as hell do. I want a whole patty of onions on that shit. Ah, killing me. But I know the the cook ends up throwing some charcoal onto Joker. But he, and Joker just responds, but I should have pissed off some Mara cannibals because at least they know how to put some uh, some Old Bay on me. Oh, dude, that was hilarious, and man. Some, some, like, even that's like a Cajun thing, man. Like, you go to a Cajun restaurant, if they don't got Old Bay at the 
next to the salt and pepper, you're at the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah. But we turn around here and some noise coming from the oil fields, and it's vengeance. Ooh. The daughter of Bane. She has set the oil fields ablaze, and she is coming to whoop some ass. Punching through cars, freaking uh, pissing off the entire Samson clan, and, and oh, no, the gentleman, the Mister Samson in charge, is telling everybody to get yourself something sharp and be ready because we've got company. And then the cook is going back out here, and he ends up throwing his broth on the Joker, burning him. And freaking after Joker. You know, kind of rags on him a little too much. And freaking, he's like, you know, that's what's going to get you uh, riled up. As the guy comes at him with a knife. And before we get to that, we go back to vengeance out here outside with the entire Samson clan. And, you know, as one member comes after her, she punches his, you know, nubbin head off. Oh, it's one of the best shots ever. He, like, head off of body. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. That's not the cover of my field's this issue. I don't know what is. Yeah, I, I, actually, <laughs> I actually already I already snapped it. I already snapped it, Ray. Of course you did. I already snapped it, brother. <laughs> All right. Well, she takes on the entire clan while they're legitimately stabbing her. With uh, kitchen utensils, which is, I've kind of found personally hilarious in a sick, sad kind of way. As, uh, you know, Mr. Samson runs back into the house, him and uh, could be a a niece or a granddaughter, and the uh, severed head of Buddy. And vengeance ends up killing everybody else around her. Hold on, on, rewind. He he sees her holding the head. He's like, well, fuck this. Listen, bring the fucking head if you want. (laughs) You can keep the damn thing on your mantles for her care. We're getting in the safe room. (laughs) Like, it's panic time. It went from being Mr. Ballsy serving eyeballs to uh, we got a problem. (laughs) And a big one. You know, they they wanted all that muscular meat, and instead uh, she's murdering the lot of them. And having a good damn time doing it. But yeah, no, Vengeance ends up walking into the into the pit where the uh, where they were grilling, and freaking Joker has the uh, the gentleman that was trying to kill him face down on the grill, cooking wonderfully. Perfect. And then we turn around, and Joker's coming around the corner. Buttoning up a shirt. And he's throwing meat at Vengeance and then taking off and running from her. As she uh, catches him by the scruff of his neck. And she just talks about how she was programmed to kill him. Programmed to hate him. And, you know, I'm Vengeance even if it's not my own. But I'm I'm going to kill you. I'm going to you know create vengeance for Jim Gordon, and Joker's just like, oh, you know Jimbo, you know isn't Jimbo? he a blast? Isn't he great? And she ju- she just shuts him up quick, punching him in the face, throwing him up against the wall of the building. Yeah, you know, talking about how she's going to kill him, and freaking Joker's just like, you know, we got flying aliens and robots from the future running around these days. You know, you really think you're special. 
like and she just punches him again and she's like you know you're just you're just you know a bane knockoff you're not important you know you think you're the first random chick that punched me to you know you think i'm afraid of you being a you know getting punched to death by a random chick in da- in texas you know there's no meaning here there's nothing fulfilling here you know this is just this program going to make you feel good you know, she just tells him to shut up and goes to punch him again. And then somebody grabs her wrist and turns her, she turns around and it's Bane. And he just looks at her and just like with Jim Gordon over his shoulder talking about, hello, daughter. I believe it's time we spoke. Jimbo's puff puffing like he's seen this shit before. Like this was so like there was like, okay, like. I'm glad it wasn't the torture porn thing I thought it was going to be. I love the fact mm-hmm. that we got vengeance to actually be vengeance and scare these oh, yeah. assholes that thought they were above the law, thought they were above everything, thought they were above the money. Uh, I love seeing Joker not have the wounds that were burned into his flesh earlier in the issue from mm-hmm. said stewed pot. No fear taunting her wanting him to hurt her him and uh bane grabs him but like this like the the one thing that grabs me is jimbo just puff puffing like everything i've ever been through this is this is a solid ride man like, like we're we're going 190 miles an hour on the fucking cannonball run in a convertible countach and uh we're almost out of gas and i i just don't care <laughs> i just I, I like you know what I'm just gonna light my pipe. He's got the old school Sherlock there, just just chilling. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's the thing. Is he's he, you know much like Batman, he's definitely got a plan. You know, and we're just gonna we're that. gonna find out what exactly it is. You know, because from what we understand, from what it looks like, man, next issue is the last issue of Joker. To be concluded, I hope we get a an epilogue like we're getting with uh, fucking Last Ronin, man. Yeah, we're gonna see what happens, man. Freaking, you know, we've kind of, you know, we got Last Ronin coming out in April. Freaking, I'm kind of waiting for a bunch of these uh, dark the uh, black labels to come out that freaking we've been kind of waiting on. Yeah, for sure. We we still got the One Dark Night to finish. We've got uh, we got One Dark Night, Night Suicide Squad, uh, Get Joker, Get Joker. We got Blaze. Uh, yeah, you know, freaking the uh. Freaking, we haven't had a, you know, freaking um, Swamp Thing freaking. I just saw they're starting back up with issue 11. It got extended from, I believe, 10 issues to 16. But then we had to wait several months for issue 11 to come out. So it'll be uh, very interesting to do. What do you think about this trial with Punchline? Uh, It's it's, it's been solid. It's just... uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting take on a character, but I don't feel like we've ever seen a whole lot of these characters being on trial, and definitely not one that uses public opinion and the internet the way she does to get the results that she wants. You know, she she's a master of playing the game, which I think is something that's very unique to her character. Yeah, the way she's. She's not like where you would say like Joker's like three steps ahead of everyone in Joker, 
but it seems like punchline's like 13 or 15 or next year. Yeah. Yeah, you always think, you know, every time the heroes, you know, Leslie Tompkins and Bluebird try to get ahead of her, she's always, uh, you know, several steps ahead of them. And, like, she even utilizes, like, she knows what their next moves are. So she's able to play them, play them freaking to her advantage. It was interesting how uh, she shows up in court as full punchline and judge is like, mm-hmm. I I'm offended. You did this. He's like, she's like, no, I'm, I'm not doing it to offend anyone. Uh, punchlines on trial. So you get punchline. Yeah. You get punchline. And, 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 and even that, even that was a part of the plan. A hundred percent. Like jury manipulation, all that good stuff, man. Like, like it, 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 it only enticed everyone in the room to to hate her and run away. Like the the people she wanted to attack her, to attack her. Yeah. Oh, don't hurt me. No, she didn't say it like that, but she definitely had like you know just I'm just trying to, I just want to have a fair trial, like you know, and like everyone yeah. that's on the prosecution is like, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> Everything's yeah. wrong. You know, she is a master manipulator and freaking that's, you know, that's, you know, who and what she does. And freaking, you know, you know that's another one that's going to come to an end. And freaking, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with it. You know, are they going to, are they going to freaking turn it around on her? Are they going to find some new evidence? Are they going to freaking just let her out and see what happens? Yeah. Interesting to see the games she plays. An idea just popped in my head in regards to the newest Batman and the latest detective. Okay. Alright, so from did you watch Batman yet? Or the Batman? I have not. It was really good. Um I'm not okay. gonna, I'm not gonna say anything, I'm not gonna do that to you. But the latest issue of Detective, all the reviews of the Batman were talking that it's all about chunks of year one, most of year two, semblances of um, Long Halloween. And one of the things that, like, because I really enjoyed the Long Halloween. It's one of my favorite Batman stories of all time, but I didn't enjoy it. Agreed. I didn't enjoy it as I should have until like there've been times where I introduced you to something and your enjoyment of it made it better to me and okay. your enjoyment of the long Halloween, the true two face origin, at least in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think they're building to Nakano. Because you remember we got you know blackface and like 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 all all, all like all, all that we with these random people like Professor Pig and we find out about their origin later, but I think we're getting a slow burn of Nakano going from Gotham Savior true you know intentions abound he's doing everything even though. His kid almost got killed. His wife is about to die. (laughs) 
if, if I'm not yeah um it, the, in in the entire time we didn't know that in the entire time that uh everything was on fire his wife was laying in bed paralyzed with um depression yeah and with Harvey Dent like we got acid and face decades ago we got shitty Batman movies that didn't really portray him as well as he should have then we got the long Halloween that really did you know God bless you know Jeff Love and uh, it was a Tim Sale and um, I think we're getting a slow burn with the Kano this is a slow descent like it like does he even have all his fingers <laughs> like like He's got all his fingers. He's just missing an eye. He's missing an eye. Like, he just invested in everything in Arkham Arkham Tower, and we've been getting a weekly of the, the chaos. I mean, Nightwing's just like, what? Like, they, like who threw, uh, who threw, uh, Scarecrow through Nightwing out of the goddamn yep. top tower. And, I, like, well, the second I saw Scarecrow, I'm like, great, they drew him the way you're supposed to. Like, this, like, the, like, as, as gorgeous as he was and grotesque, uh, did mm-hmm. pure state. But um, Batwoman misses, and then Batman shows up, and we still haven't seen him get back from fucking Europe yet. Um, okay, that was cool. That was a nice save. But, like, the more I thought about it, the more I thought that this is more focused on a slow descent of Nakano. Like, I mean, I could definitely see that, especially, like you said, if we can. And it, it's very, like you said, reminiscent of Harvey Dent. Where, like, you know, Harvey Dent started off as not Two Face and then eventually became Two Face. Yeah, cause remember, because of something huge that happened to him. Yeah, and all the flashbacks, like, even in the movies, like, hey, you don't know Dent like I know him. Like, uh, like, mm-hmm. like Batman was always like, whoa, no, 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 like. Like, I get it. You guys are, you know, want to stop Two-Face, but you don't know Dent. You don't know what's under, the, the real goodness that's under there. But we're we're having a slow burn with him. And that blam at the end was one of the few cliffhangers I've seen in years that really was like, oh, tell me you didn't kill Nakano's wife, man, because... We just got through Fear State. We just got through Future State. Um, it's been, like, what, three months for the dissection of Arkham Tower? It's, yeah. I think this and is... And that's the thing. That, that, like, it's definitely... It's, it's It's been an amazing story. It's freaking... It's easily probably the best uh, Psycho Pirate story I've ever read. Because he's a character that's not overly used. Would you say he's a, a F lister, G lister, maybe right. even a C? I'd say I'd say probably C minus. Like he's definitely a character you know, but he's not a character that's overly used. Like I don't know how many. Like I'm not going to say this is like a war jokes and riddles kind of man origin. But this is definitely the best I've seen Psycho Pirate use. Like, I think the last time I really remember him used was uh, City of Bane. Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah. You know, I was Tom King. Um, freaking, 
and I want to say he was one of the few people, if I remember correctly in my lore, he's one of the few people that remembered what happened in Infinity Crisis or Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's but I could be wrong about that. I'm not. I'm not privy on that one. It's been a while for that one for me. Like I, I've read, yeah. it, but but not, not again and again to have it ingrained in my head the way that we've got other stuff in our head. But I, yeah. but, I but I get your point. But yeah, I mean he's not a. You know, he's just not, he's you know like you said another C minus lister, but he's definitely like he's always been around, but like. This is probably this is definitely the best modern incarnation of Psycho Pirate, and I like the fact that like him and uh, Doctor Ware were just friends. Oh yeah, and they were just a couple of buddies helping each other out with a scheme. Like that's that's all this was meant to be, you, you know. Say, freaking what scheme? it did to other people be damned. Would you say scheme or, or are you talking about Psycho Pirate with Ware? Yeah. Or the, the, the doctor, the doctor in charge scheme. of this. Definitely scheme. Like, okay. I was, I yeah, like they're using each other. Like they, they know each other on a first name basis. Like I've never cared enough about Psycho Pirate to know his name's Roger. And freaking, like they're throwing it, or like they're throwing around first names like they're old, you know, college buddies basically. Do you think this has anything to do, like? We'll, we'll, like, no, we'll move on. To, we'll move on later. Um, I just, my whole point here is, I think that they're building for a slow dissension in the madness for Nakano. Oh yeah, I could, I, yeah, I could totally, especially if they actually do kill his wife off. You know, for somebody he's cared about for years and he obviously loves a great deal. But freaking, you know, this is somebody, you know, like, that's a very traumatic thing. Could you imagine the video game based off of this? It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the final, if, like, I could see it. I'm kind of, actually, I'm kind of hoping that's what happens. But it'll be interesting to see what the final form will be. You know, because we did the whole thing but at the end of Fear State. Batman saved him and helped him, you know, get away from, uh... Was it the uh, the blight bugs? Uh, the uh, what are those assholes called? The the bush league fight clubbers. <laughs> now the um the bugs the, um vials the vile bugs. Oh yeah. Do you Save think that, from those? Do you think that was really Harley Quinn? Oh yeah, no, I was totally Harley Quinn. Like, like, but they like they they built it up like she doesn't even look like her. <laughs> like, but like, is, it is she really like the way she was like she was on a cell phone? She didn't have an earpiece. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it could definitely be something different, but I'm pretty. You know, it just seems pretty typical Harley, in all honesty. Gosh, it's always going to be a little bit off. Full utilization of the Bat family in this has been awesome. Yeah, no, especially with the uh, the fact that Huntress is still very much viled, basically. 
for lack of a better term. What do you think about this B story? Like, is this an Elseworld story? Like, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't even. I don't even think I read it. I just kind of. I got done with the main story. Just kind of. I had to get back to work. No, I feel you because there's been a couple times where I didn't read a punchline story, and I'm like, ah, fuck this. I don't want to read this. Um, House of Gotham, uh, the the trials and tribulations of that redhead kid that you know saw Batman kill his family and then made friends with Clayface and then uh, during Nightfall he, he got brought under the, by the Penguin. Yeah. Night, and during Nightfall, uh, Tim Drake was trying to bring him back to the Batcave to, you know, not train him, but at least give him a home. And Azrael interrupted the whole thing and knocked him down the, uh, knocked him off the bridge and like crippled him pretty much. Like in this issue, he's uh, he's older. He's got to be about like I want to say he's maybe like nineteen, maybe eighteen. Mm-hmm. He's he's on a crutch and he's leading a, a group of. Uh, people trapped in Gotham hating the bat and finding out that the bat didn't even know he existed or barely remembered him. I'm, I'm digging it. Like uh, with the punchline story, the punchline story usually annoys me because there's a lot of, there's too much exposition. But with this one, this one is like, uh, well, you know us, we, we're, we're always suckers for Elseworld stories, man. Yeah. Yeah, but like even then, like uh, I think it was my turn to get like deep in this one, but uh, I, I recommend just excuse <coughs> me going back and checking uh, this one out. It might be the fruition of a, a good new villain that might show up in a different world or, or even in future state. We don't know. <coughs> excuse me. Um, now we never know, man. You might look into it and figure maybe it's a uh, the birth of a new villain. Or birth of a villain we already know. He's got a lot of good insights about what is right and what is wrong, especially if what's been done to him. And he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, before we uh, leave uh, Gotham, give me I am Batman. All right. Well, we, we'll be leaving Gotham regardless because uh, I Am Batman's currently based in New York. We've got this Batman working with the, uh, the local police department to make sure they're uh, you know, kind of – they basically deputize Batman. And at the same time, they refer to him as just straight Batman instead of the Batman. That's kind of his uh, his line in the sand. Sorry, man. Oh, you're good. Yeah, uh, he wants to make sure there's that delineation, even though uh, several people in uh, the government don't particularly care for the idea of working with the vigilante. You know, we opened up with them asking quite the, a public meeting where they're asking questions. And at the end of the day, Commissioner Beckett is just like, we're done. I don't, I don't even want to deal with this. You know, they're talking about how um, Batman is in no position to comment on anything. He's like, there's no strike force bat, which is what the people have been calling it. You know, this is a special victims thing. You know, there's an ongoing investigation, but we're, you know, we're working, the, the police department's working on it. 
you know, we come with uh, we find out Detective Chubbs is meeting with the uh, with the Batman, and he's basically talking. They're talking about how um, they're talking about the murder from last issue where the uh, the rich gentleman was basically uh, torn apart and used for art. And Batman's just like, I don't, I don't care. There's too much other stuff going on. You know, there's gang wars and there's uh, innocent people getting caught in the crossfire. That's where my attention's going to be. You know, I don't, I don't care about this guy just because he's got money. doesn't mean he gets to step to the front of my line. The artwork is phenomenal in this. This is not a bunch of talking heads. This is a lot oh, yeah. of great dramatic dramaticism. This is a lot about. It's not like superhero poses. You see the fear. You see the anger. You see all of their uh, emotions in their eyes, lips, faces. This is wonderful, wonderful uh, storytelling in terms of um, you know just standard comic art. Like, but. They're knocking it out of the park. Yeah, no, it's been a it's been a solid series so far, and it's I I love the difference between uh, the Bruce Wayne Batman as opposed to Jace Fox Batman. It's two different takes on what essentially boils down to a very similar character, but yet there's enough difference between the two that they're both really enjoyable. But yeah, they uh, Chubbs and her partner eventually talk him into taking uh, more of a look at this case because um, you know that's you know Chubbs' partner is just like this is this is beyond us you know we don't you know we need somebody like you to take a look at this and Batman's like you know do you happen to have any any leads and they're like you know not too many we got some pri- you know he's got some private security that went off the grid. You know, and it's a it's at least enough to enough to start. You know, right? And he's you know he takes it to his you know his guy in the chair, and they're talking about it, and they're like, you know, I can I can definitely find this guy that went off the grid. You know, they're, they they you know, they eventually find him. You know. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, you know, he's like, I don't need to tell you this, but, you know, you got to be careful, man. He's like, you know, this guy, this guy isn't anything, you know, it's not, you know, this isn't Gotham craziness. This is, this is just straight up New York City. This is just New York being New York. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, we get, a, we get a lot of work with the, uh, with the Fox family. We've all, you know, majority of them have relocated to New York to help with uh, Tamara's rehabilitation after she uh, woke up for her, well, excuse me. I'm sure. Cause she, she woke up from a coma and she's, you know, relearning all her motor functions. But, uh, you know, going to that a little bit between the two her and her and their sister, just talking over what it's like to, you know, getting, you know, how the family's working with, you know, Jace and Luke being at odds over how each one had handled their sister being, you know, being in a coma for so long. And we go back to Batman chasing down the guy that worked for the rich guy. 
and we find out that you know this guy he was you know you know he, uh, this this bodyguard got paid a lot of money to not ask a lot of questions and just to you know protect this guy no matter what he did and you know he opened it, he told batman you know this guy you know he's into some sick shit you know and sooner or later it comes around to get you is this from the and he's like down? i you know is this from the beat down after the motorcycle chase yep talk about how he had to sign a uh, an nda non you know disclosure agreement and he couldn't go out in public so you know that's that's why he ran because he knew anybody associated with this guy could be you know could be in large amount of trouble you know and he's just like you know batman's like i don't believe you and he just turns around and he's like of course you don't yeah i'm just you know i'm just somebody who got bust you know got busted out of uniform so i you know I, that's why i ran you know and batman's just like you know you know keep your head up you know because if i if you're lying and he's just like yeah i get it yeah you'll find me you know and freaking the uh, the cops, you know, all the cops in the uh, the Bat Squad, you know, we find out are all cops that had uh, some kind of issues previously. So they just kind of they threw all the all basically all the bottom feeders together to form this, you know, this, uh, basically Bat, you know, the Bat Squad. You know, and they bust into this building. And sure enough, Batman gave them some information to help them uh, bust up a a gun ring. You know, Batman's over here trying to trying to get you know to get the trust of this squad that's quote you know supposed to help him, but you know to definitely turn on with the drop of a hat, especially with the uh, commissioner himself not liking the idea of working with a vigilante. And he he just looks like this fat fucking drunk. It looks like Bullock that has a better haircut, drinking better whiskey, yelling at a guy that Jesus man, like what's he working with, man? Like this is a lot. And and like what is he like in the one to precinct that we haven't even said yet? Like this like Gotham's Gotham, you know, like the entire goddamn thing. But like, this is New York. This is the big time, and he's—he doesn't even have a Batman, but he's got a kick-ass fucking motorcycle. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's—he's he's in a new space. He's trying—he's trying to acclimate to this environment, and he at the same time he's trying to, you know, just, you know, he's still real, really new with this whole being Batman thing. So he's not, you know, he's not exact, entirely sure how to handle this, and he's he's you know trying to be Batman, yet trying to work within the system, which is completely and utterly different than Gotham. A hundred percent, absolute hundred percent. But he's going into an artist loft here. Like this is, this is. And we were talking about, like, Joker being torture porn, but, like, this is, like, it reminds me of a, uh, there was an episode of Tales from the Crypt where a guy was uh, a really good painter, uh, played by uh, uh, Pumpkin from uh, Pulp Fiction. Paid by, oh, okay. Paid by a doctor, like, you know, you paint macabre stuff really well, and so he basically, like, paid the guy to murder people. And paint it. 
And our new Batman here is walking into like a Soho underground loft with shit you can't make up. <laughs> yeah. Just all these uh, images of people being cut into pieces and brutalized and just destroyed. And he, you know, he turns around and somebody's, you know, he's, somebody says Batman. And he just says, don't move. And the last line is this this character who looks like it's going to be called Man Ray. And he's like, it's okay, you know, it's cool. I'm here to help you. What do you say we make something beautiful? So now this artist with uh, what appears to be an iron with, you know, needles on it, apparently is somebody who wants to work with Batman to help destroy these criminals but he wants to do that by dismembering them. Yeah. So that's, that's really a super interesting thought process of how does, you know, how does this guy who's new to this world, both in the city of New York itself, as well as being a superhero period and an inspiration to others. How does, how does he handle the thought process of, this guy who wants to do basically the same thing, but in the most sickening way possible. Not only does he want to, like, he doesn't want to just solve crime or hurt bad people. He wants to dismember and disfigure them and make them into this such a horrid example that nobody will want to do what they do. Now, this is such a call to old school Batman. Like, Alicia had an accident today. <laughs> Crashes her. She fell. <laughs> Remember, no. Jack, you said you'd let me watch everything. Like, you know, uh, the uh, gangster Joker wanted to make art. Because what else was he going to do? He already took over everything like that. Um, yeah, Batman 89, yeah. And, but we've got this new guy that thinks him and Batman are going to be pals. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you were absolutely right, man. This is, this is such a contamination of justice. Yeah. It's, you know, going to Two-Face, you know, so it's a flip of the coin. You know, one side is... You know, somebody trying to do good and trying to maybe not necessarily reform people because, like, we really don't know how hard Jace is ready to go and willing to go to handle these situations. You know, we don't necessarily know if the the fabled Batman no-kill rule applies to Jace Fox. Or no guns. Yeah, or no guns. You know, freaking, but this Man Ray guy, even... Even like whether he, you know, we obviously know he's ready to kill people, but not only kill people, you know, he's willing to make this this sick you know, version of art out of these apparently horrendous people for the sole purpose of what I would assume is to make them an example. Like some, but maybe it's stuff. maybe yeah, maybe it's not even an example per se. Maybe it's just for his own sick pleasure. Well, he's definitely getting some sick pleasure out of it, but he like it's like one of those things like uh, 
you and me, we're the same. No, you're you're a psychopath, and I need to end you uh, as best I can, and hope by the end of the story I don't kill you and end up just like you. Yeah. But regardless, like this is gorgeous. <laughs> like, like, like I, 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 I thought I am Batman was going to be a throwaway from Peter State. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. This is a legit goddamn Batman book, and we're still, like, I mean, Batman just showed up to Gotham. We still haven't seen him come back yet. Like, the full trip from Europe, I'm sure we'll get that next week. But uh, yeah. but Jace meeting up with Batman, like, you, you think it's going to be something like when uh, Bruce showed up at Lex Luthor's uh, uh, Abu Dhabi penthouse and been like, yo, I know what you're doing. I sit down and have dinner. Or is it going to be a knockdown drag out? Some bullshit Avenger shit where they fight for like 15 pages and realize they're on the same page. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think it'll be. I mean, this, this far in, like, you know, he's come back from, you know, from freaking the Middle East, you know, he's he's coming back from vengeance. He's gonna he's gonna kick some ass. It's been nice without him gone, with him gone for so long. Yeah, and it, it's nice that these uh, you know, these stories are coinciding. You know, we're getting, you know, you're getting the one thing where he is out there in Badnesia. Still the best name for any country. <laughs> but then you you turn around and the whole time he's gone, but like. We're seeing what's happening in Gotham without him. You know, yeah, he's got, you know, his bat family that's very, very skilled and knows how to handle a situation. But at the same time, you know, the, you've got somebody like Huntress who's dealing with, you know, the effects uh, and the fact that there are effects from these stories. You know, freaking, you know, vile got in her head and now she can sense the violence around her. Right. You know, so she has to commit herself to that. To this experimental location in Gotham Tower, you know, we're seeing that we're seeing the fact that Damien is not involved because the the murder of Alfred and him witnessing it and his, you know him feeling like it's his fault has actually had these long term multi year you know freaking you know this fallout from it. You know, he's still feeling the effects. You know, years later. You know, the fact that, you know, the fact that there are long-term consequences to these stories. Now, that was the biggest thing that made me mad about freaking Three Jokers. We had this whole thing. Oh, my God, there are three Jokers. There are three Jokers. There are three Jokers for, like, literally years. Yeah. Because they had to wait to release it. And then when they released it, by the end of the story, there was one Joker. Okay, cool. There was not, there was no lasting effects from that. You're hitting their microphone a lot. You know, there was no lasting effects from freaking the end of Three Jokers. And it, it was a waste of time. You know, it was a waste of time. You know, it was, you know, it came off like a cash grab. You know, it freaking, it wasn't what it could have been. You're exactly right about that. And I don't think it's going to happen with this story. I think they're going to... I think no, not at all. That's the thing. I think there's freaking, you know, they're showing that there are effects, you know, these comic books, 
you know, there's growth in the characters, there's changes in the characters. You know, freaking, you know, even as much as I maligned the whole Dick Grayson gets shot in the head and becomes a Rick Grayson thing, you know, there's been after effects of that. You know, the freaking the after effects of Alfred passing and, and leaving um, Dick Grayson all that money. You know, it's resounding, you know, we're getting those effects in Nightwing to this day. We really went down a good little rabbit hole, man. Yeah, it's been solid. And I want to talk about X-Men. What do you got? I got, I got X-Men 8 through 9, and all I got to say is just MODOK. MODOK. Like, the X-Men, like, like you got to keep in mind that, like, the X-Men have established and voted during the, um, what was it, the uh, pageant of the bazaar, pretty much the uh, Hellfire, Hellfire Gala. The Hellfire Gala. Um, telepathic voted who should be the main X-Men, and Cyclops died on camera, so he can't ever be in public again. They made him Captain Krakoa, and he looks stupid as shit, like, he hates it. Uh, we find out that uh, one of the main reporters in New York figured out that um, it's not been really. I'm, sp- I'm spacing, man. Like it's late. Yurik um, uh, finds out that mutants have figured out solved immortality. They have solved death. And Cyclops calls him and like, yo, let's talk about this. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he finds out that someone has telepathically mind-wiped Ben Urich. Um, Might have been the White Queen. It had to been. Uh, because right now, the uh, Ten Lives of Wolverine and the Ten Deaths of Wolverine just finally connected. Remember, it's been pissing me off since it happened. Like, mm-hmm. like what? Like, where's the connection? It just happened. Uh, happened today, through Wednesday. But we won't go into that until next week. But um, Modoc has figured out like he wants to experiment on some people, like pretty much rage juice on a uh, on some poor bastards that went on a on a cruise. X Men show up, they save everyone they can, capture Modoc, and in the next issue. Number nine, uh, Orcus, you know, Master Mold slash Super Nimrod. <laughs> they break him out of jail. And like, uh, we really like your research. We, you're able to infiltrate so many different parts of organic life. And the plan is to basically do what... Uh, you know, like I said, like it's it's a it's a cruise. Like, well, how many people on a cruise? Like thirteen hundred, maybe three thousand, depending on how big of it is. If you're in the Norwegian, yeah. You put something in the water, turn them all completely rage juice on each other. They're not feeling pain, but they're still killing each other. That'd be a really good idea if we could figure out how to uh, contaminate mutant genes and do that to Krakoa. It's, mm, okay. There wasn't too much to it. There was uh, like the the best like uh, exposition in terms of uh, story development was I want to say about like eight issues ago. Uh, there is um, in the Savage Land a master mold that has basically like 
you can go into the master mold, but time slows down to like an infinity crawl. Like, yeah. So Benier got his uh, mind wiped in Cyclops was trying to figure out who the hell did it, and we get to uh, the ship. Give white queen. <laughs> it, it had to have been man. Like, especially after everything she found out about what uh, Magneto and Xavier and the Quiet Council been had. Like, well, it was just Magneto and Xavier hiding. The whole bullshit with uh, Mystique and Destiny and Moira. And so he's suspicious about things, and we get this uh, attack on a uh, just a civilian cruise that Modoc shows up, poisons the water, and they all attack each other like Red Rage, like not feeling it. They're all just killing each other. Uh, yep. X Men show up, save the will save a lot of them. And, uh, Modoc gets, you know, arrested. Like, is that, can you say Modoc got arrested? <laughs> like they put him in cuffs or some shit like that. But Orcus shows up uh, in the next issue and breaks him out. And they're like, yeah, tell us more about this. Uh, I call it the Red Rage because of the way they painted their eyes. But um, yeah, like uh, the, I, I think because it's still all about uh, if you guys because this is uh, we're recording this Wednesday night and the 10 lives of Wolverine and 10 deaths of Wolverine came out today that really connected this the the main story of what's going on especially with Moira um that makes sense yep it's either everyone dies like the the mutants always die the humans always die or the humans always win uh like it's just it's it's going on this round robin but we've never introduced this um what would you call him like uh the wild card, Modoc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's. Uh, Modoc's kind of a, you know, I guess you'd call him a cyborg. I don't know what's called. Combination of man and machine? I, I always see him uh, at the comic stores. I'm like, I really want that action figure, but it's not big enough. I want a big one. I want a big fucking Modoc. I want, I want one that they've got, like, a magnet in him that actually levitates. <laughs> like,. Um, that would be awesome. But um, the idea being Orcus knowing cybernetics ruling, Moira on the run, maybe if we poison all the mutants, Krakoa. But if you think about it, Krakoa's a mutant too. It would mean the decimation of Krakoa and maybe even the spreading the disease to Arakau in, in, in space. It was... It, this is like like it's it's weird and I, I keep bringing it up but I'm always going to bring it up because I'm right about this all of the X books that are not main canon X-Men Excalibur are not all like they don't all feel as canon as all the side stories going on yeah like, no Way of X was definitely one that was definitely kind of felt so much more important than like you said, even the main X titles, that's where the the meat and potatoes, as we like to say, really are. More shit is happening in the side stories. I get it, but, like, I'm reading them all. I'm not disappointed. Um, that's what I got for those books. With Spidey, I say let's wait till next week, because I think next week is the lastie of uh, old clone saga, and we get to more meat and potatoes because I'm I'm so sick 
I just want John Romita Jr. to show up because we've got John Romita showing up doing main artist. Uh, don't forget, we got Chip Zdarsky and uh, Javier. Um, what's Javier Cruz? No. Nobody, uh, Beardo, nobody cares about that guy. Beardo is. Uh, <laughs> he's shaving heads in fucking Soho, Colorado Springs. Um, it's going to piss me off that this guy's name is actually Javier Cruz. Pulling up Instagram. Uh, I'd say something better than that. Gotta find out what it is though. Now we gotta gotta prove it wrong. Gotta prove it wrong, but we gotta knock New Era out of the park on Saturday, and then we got. The- oh yeah, now we got freaking uh, got the show this you know this comeback show this Saturday night. Can you say the? Can you say the? Uh, New Era smashed. Can you say the card? Oh, I could say some of the card. You know, we got some uh, got some surprises because of course we freaking do. We got a main event featuring featuring the uh, the Lucha Dogs, Rayo Plateado, oh, yeah. E Delta Junior, defending their uh, Colorado Tag Team titles there's, against the returning first time in three years, the Night Terrors, you know Junsu and New Era Heavyweight Champion, the Human Grenade, Joey Kincaid, freaking team back up as the Night Terrors. Going, to trying to get the tag titles back from the team that defeated them to win those straps. Well, that's awesome, man! Like uh, yeah. Jason knocked that that uh, flyer out of the out of the park. Got the oh yeah, Sincher did. Yeah, that was yep. gorgeous. We got a. Let's see. I know Jason Knoll is uh, doing an open challenge to anybody both in and outside of the current new era roster for a shot at his 5280 championship. Beautiful. We've got another tag match with uh, Cody divine teaming up with Logan, who is his friend outside of wrestling. They, uh, they don't quite agree on their philosophies at the moment. They're taking on Duff Duel and one of his students from Fusebox, Billy 5.2. Oh, Billy's going to be there? Hell yeah. Yeah, we got Billy. Um, freaking, and uh, got an exclusive match that I will share with all the minefielders out there. We have uh, the Vivacious Daddy Doom. Taking on the debuting Athena Estrada uh, on loan from Hugo's Wrestling, a Lucha Libre fed in Colorado. In Colorado, so uh, it'll be uh, real interesting to see how Daddy Doom is able to work with somebody who uh, you know wrestles in a Lucha Libre style. So we're getting a little bit more international flavor. I love it. In new era. I love it. Plus, we've got a new filming style. We've got new sound coming up. We've got a whole myriad of things going on. Yeah, we got a we got a plan. Now it is time to execute. Time to absolutely read my mind, man. Time to execute. Time to execute. Tonight has been an excellent like school of wrestling, school of storytelling. What books you need to get? 
what books you might not want to get, but at least you know that they're good enough that we'll talk about them for 20 minutes. On top of talking about all kinds of other things. But yeah, no. Um, freaking. I believe we are all good to go, man. I believe that's a wrap for this week's episode. Life is good. Life is good. And damn yeah, sure. Always remember to tip your tip your bartenders. Tip your bartenders. Tip your, tip your waiters and waitresses. You know, freaking, you know, do what you can. Freaking everybody love everybody. Freaking enjoy, enjoy literature, man. Freaking, you know, read because you enjoy it and read to learn. Read to freaking... Be a better human. And even if you are just a, uh, a minefielder here in Colorado Springs and you ain't got the cash for good books, uh, wrong. Go to the libraries. All the libraries here have amazing graphic novels. Up to date. I want to say like within a month up to date graphic novels. You can go in there and check out with like 30 graphic novels and walk out, devour, return, repeat and exactly you repeat like just because we gave spoilers doesn't mean anything what matters is the emotional reverberation what matters to you we point out the stuff that needs to get the light shine on them and um just let us know um hit us up uh we're on facebook we're on twitter we're we're not on we're not on tiktok we're on instagram and uh, i feel like i can't dance those face facts Nah, no, we're, we're not. We're I not. I ain't dancing for dollars, y'all. I'm an old married man. <laughs> ain't nobody want to do that. Nah, not at all. But hit us <laughs> up. It's uh, and I, it's only only because I established for Tony joined the the crew. It's uh, Colin and Josh at minefieldscomicpodcast dot com, or just hit us up on uh, on any of our hit us up on the social man. Hit us yeah. up on Instagram. Hit us up on freaking Facebook. Mm-hmm. Freaking uh, questions, comments, concerns, conundrums. Freaking, you know, want to hear from you guys. Freaking, it's been a wild ride. It'll continue to be so. Freaking, let's have some fun. Yeah. Freaking, you guys have anything you guys want us to cover? Anything we're missing that freaking you guys think we uh, we should be jumping on? You know, feel free. You know, we're, you know, we don't know. We don't know. It is what it is. Right. You guys happen to have some uh, some issues you definitely think we should check out and cover? We'll check you know, them out. Give us a holler. We'll check them out, man. But, uh, Tony, it's, uh, it's your turn. Don't waste my turn, but sure, why not? <laughs> All righty. This has been Minefields. This has been Dangerous. Transmission. This transmission is over. Over. Get some cheese and crackers. Cheese and crackers are good.